we're taking an ambulance to escape from Mogadishu, and we're facing a broadcast signal intrusion from the worst person in the world. I'm Van Connor. And I'm Vex Perfect, and this is Offscreen, your seven-day guide to everything movies. Boom. Welcome to Offscreen. It is a beautiful, sunny week here in the UK, and that means, once again, we're going to tell you to go <laughs> back into a dark room and watch some great movies. Uh, we've got a, a fine selection for you this week, which is uh, you know, a good kind of mix of something from all over the world, so there will be something for everyone. And we've got some great uh, movies on the small screen as well, plus we've got everything in between with all of your streaming DVD and Blu-ray. But Van, look, this week we're kicking off with, well, Escape from Mogadishu, which is um, available in cinemas and also video on demand from today. It's a 15, it's beautifully shot, and it was a big hit, wasn't it? This, this was huge. This is a South Korean subtitled film. This is South Korea's entry for uh, Best International uh, Feature this year. Incidentally, let, let's look at what that says about how the South Korean film industry views its its big blockbuster tentpoles versus the English language one, just, just for posterity. But, uh, yeah, this is like Argo meets Black Hawk Down, like what? A, and, and it's and it's this, this it's apparently based on a true story. So this is during the uh, the uprising of Somalia in the early nineties. You had both the South Korean and North Korean delegates at the time rallying the Somali government to basically back them for membership into the United Nations. Uh, obviously, history as we now know it would logically tell you that you know, this went one very specific way and not the other. But uh, during the uprising, the embassy for both respective nations come under siege or under attack uh, ju just during the violence. The North Korean embassy is very quickly destroyed and aban slash abandoned and the delegates and their families are forced to take refuge in the South Korean embassy. Remember, this is, this is like peak hostility at this very mm. moment and it's it's also it's also at a very specific point in history just before south korea i think starts to become what we know south korea as today as the mm. country we know it as in its place in the world today the way the, the standing it has and uh, so the idea is you have this mismatched culture culture between the two the rising tensions and the paranoia and the suspicion and then the rescue attempt as they attempt to pool their resources and find a way to would you know it escape from Mogadishu. We've not got a clip, obviously, because it's all in foreign language, but how good was this, Bex? Yeah, and do you know what? A pretty penny was spent on the filming <laughs> yes. of this. And you, you will get that feel from the moment you start watching this movie because you will see there's a beautiful... I can't remember if it's a plane coming in or if it's just a drone shot to kind of show what Mogadishu is looking like, but it's uh, it just looks like a beautiful cinematic wide uh, shot of a, of a cityscape and... For me, I was blown away and I was only watching it on a screener on my computer and I was really, really blown away by that. Well, this is the because it's, it's apparently been filmed in Morocco. I think they've used Morocco as a stand-in, and they've, they've like I say, they've spent the money because there are mm. huge, huge set pieces in this. Uh, great car chase in the, in the third act as well, like a really rollicking action chase sequence in there that's quite brutal. Bear in mind, I watched these. Two, I watched this the same day as Ambulance, which is literally a Michael Bay car chase movie. <laughs> so there's there's a contrast there, and it was brought up in a completely ignorant context, but. Uh, uh, um, the one thing I'll say as well, um, it's a little goofy when it starts. It starts off yes. with a bit more of a goofy tone. 
and then it becomes serious quite I'm literally on a dive but it is amazing. It's almost like a frontal dawn level gear shift. The way it goes from just a slight bit of almost comedic goofiness and silliness and and pettiness to uh, to then, like I say, Argo meets meets Black Hawk Down. Yeah, yeah, I, I totally agree with you with the goofiness. I was a bit like, is this kind of a comedy spoof? Yeah, kind it's of hard feel to get at the beginning, of, isn't it? Yeah, it's like all the diplomats and uh, come off, uh, or a diplomat comes off the the plane. Um, everything's a bit chaotic. People are kind of like dropping some dollar bills to the to the um, security <clears throat> guys to say, just get me past, don't check my luggage. It's all a little bit corrupt. And then there's this taxi driver who's just like, hey, man, just come in my taxi. Yes. And it's like this weird like uh, like skit. That it's Total Recall. It's the guy from, it's the guy, it's Benny yeah. from Total Recall. It's Benny, Benny being annoying in the bus station in Total Recall. Well, I will yeah. say that, I mean, by the time this got to the end, I mean, I was so, I was, it, when, this, when this got, going i was in and i was in hard and it kept me going like when by the time this got to the end i was whooping and cheering i was this is apparently is it like the it was the second highest grossing film of the year or something in in south korea at the time and and won loads of awards i can see why because culturally mm. i could see it being their equivalent of argo and, yeah, and it yeah, yeah. The, the comparison sort of works that end is a bit black hawk downy but Argo is definitely your bench pole, and yeah, absolutely deserving of the price. But like I say, though, that goofiness just takes a bit. You've got to get past that first like fifteen minutes, I would say. Yeah. But it, you get what it yeah. gets you. It gets you, right? Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Right. Let's let's move swiftly on to something completely different from Very. this right now. <laughs> Very different. We're kind of going back to the nineties in broadcast signal intrusion, and this is a movie about. I don't know if it is. Would you say he's a guy who just he's got to review lots of VHS tapes? Is that his job? Is it? He's an he's ever? an archivist for a yeah. regional TV station, and he records the broadcasts and and files them, and then creates the archive. Um, <clears throat> this is, for the record, this is loosely based on two real incidents. So this is loosely based on the Captain Midnight signal hijacking in the in the in late eighties. Both these were in the late eighties, actually, in which uh, a man hijacked the actual uh, satellite the HBO satellite and managed to to take over the feed. And also the Max Headroom signal hijacking in Chicago in, I think, 87, which twice on the same night, the second time during an episode of Doctor Who, of all things, um, Sylvester McCoy era, naturally, um, he managed to literally, a, a man wearing the Max Headroom mask hacked into the TV signal, a, a CBS TV signal, by simply broadcasting on the same frequency but with a stronger with a stronger power source. And he managed to take it over and it was it's, it became quite a famous incident. The idea here is, what if that but the ring? And yes. the guy who's recording the, the broadcasts, who happens to have caught this, starts to look into just what happened. I'll, I'll, I'll pass it over to you from there, Bex. We've got a clip, though, first. This is, incidentally, this stars Harry Shum Jr. And it spent, I, spent, I spent half the movie trying to work out, where the hell do I know this guy from? He's pretty good in this. And it turns out, wouldn't you, Adam and Eve, he's Mike Chang from Glee. Here's him getting some explanations. You weren't lying. You said there's more like this? Uh, the three in total. I'm on an exhaustive search for the third. Need any help? Thanks. But I prefer to work alone. What do the numbers mean? What numbers? Seven digits. 
I guess that's a phone number. Trust me. Their phone number's on the tape. I would have seen it. Did you hear it? So the idea really behind this is that obviously this archivist has discovered these tapes that have got this weird broadcast intrusion mm. that is happening. But once he starts looking deeper into it, and the whole film is about his obsession of trying to solve what this what this issue is, is is that he finds that there have been, I think it's three tapes in total where these uh, that have been archived with this intrusion. And what features on it is a very scary looking person in a mask talking in kind of Morse code uh, and breaking up whatever movie or TV show you're watching. And at the same time as he starts doing this research, he realizes that around the time of these videos, a number of women were disappearing. And there was also this thing Mm -hmm. about a guy who wanted to create essentially an android, um, uh, like turn people into androids and stuff. It was all, there's a lot going on. Right, actually, there's elements there that I wouldn't have brought up because it, it prevents you from from making more obscure references to things like Videodrome, for instance, when you start talking about mute, about changing yeah. people with your broadcast signals, things like that. Um, I will say, I mean, by the end of this, I came away thinking this is Prisoners meets Videodrome. Uh, you know, that that kind of thing. It's quite, cap- well, not capable, it's quite well directed by uh, Jacob Gentry. But it has these references to 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 works like Alan Pakula's Paranoia Trilogy with like with like Jane Fonda and Donald Sutherland in the 70s and, and mm. Brian De Palma and, and 8mm with Nicolas Cage. And, and you can see, and it wears these influences very, very proudly on its sleeve. Like, it's not ashamed of them at all. It's overwrought in that way that, you know, classic De Palma movies always were. It's let down, I think, slightly by being a bit conventional in the present day. And you and I, because we are slightly, you know, because of the body of cinema we consume, the the volume of cinema we consume may be considered slightly more cine-literate than most. But I would imagine most people would see a lot of the twists and turns coming through this as well. Having said that, I think the performance, the performance bolsters this nicely. And there is enough directorial style, enough idea behind it that it just about pulls it off. I think it's a pretty solid one. Yeah, I think, you know, I know both Van and I kind of worked out what was going to happen pretty quickly Mm. in this movie. But also, I do think that it feels more of a thriller rather than a horror to me. Oh, yeah. It it doesn't have as much horror element. So if you're going into it for that reason, then just just be aware of that. But it is a it is a 15. It's in cinemas from today. It is worth your time if this is kind of up your street. And I think you described it quite well. It's kind of like, you know, the ring kind of features in this video drone meets the ring and and stuff and i think that kind of works out quite well but overall it's a solid film it just might not blow you away because the problem is that you might actually work out what happens pretty damn quick Welcome back to Off Screen, and now sticking with cinemas. Although this is coming to uh, movie for streaming, as I noticed, I think it's it's early May, maybe it's May thirteenth. Uh, but in cinemas from today, and this is one that that is nominated for an Oscar. Like I said uh, earlier, uh, uh, mm. Escape from Issue was submitted. That was South Korea's submission for best international feature. One that has been nominated, uh, and we will see how it fares this coming Sunday. I suspect fairly well. Um, is Joaquin Trier's latest, The Worst Person in the World? No, it is not a Miles Teller biopic. It is in fact. <laughs> 
story of Julie, a woman in her late 20s, and we get was effectively four years of her life told in the form of 12 chapters. I think it's 12 chapters and you get a prologue and an epilogue. In the prologue, we're shown how she's, I think she's, uh, she goes to medical school. She's, uh, she's a, uh, uh, she goes to medical school. She's sort of finding herself. Uh, she then discovers she wants to be a psychologist or a psychiatrist instead. So she abandons her course to go and do that. And then she decides she's really into photography. She starts to abandon her and go and do that. And every time she changes her mind, this coincides with her entering a new relationship and a new series of interests and hobbies. And you, you know that phase that you go through in your 20s as you start to uncover? This is the epilogue. And this is what we get for about 10 minutes. And this leads us to an, a relationship she enters into with a slightly older man, a comic book artist. And we, from this point on, we get a series of, of important life moments depicted as individual chapters and these comprise the story the worst person in the world which is literally narrated for us um it's like it's part of wikim tria's so-called oslo trilogy subtitle foreign language we can't really do a clip obviously mm. did you get to see this one by the way no do you know what i i very quickly started to watch it and i was going to ask you if it was danish or norwegian or whatever i didn't actually manage to to finish it off it looked good um but yeah i i i I'm surprised when you said that this has got a nomination, yet Mogadishu, hmm. Escape from Mogadishu doesn't. Ah. Yeah. I, 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 can, I can understand why. Because to give this... There Controversial. Is, no, no, not, there's not really a controversy. I can, this is an easier sell than Escape from right. Mogadishu. And also, this doesn't have the same baggage with that... that, that goofiness off the jump for instance that Mogadishu mm. has that would have counted against it anyway this you could sell to an you could sell this as a foreign language film to an audience that were fans of Fleabag that were in you... that were within the demographic of Fleabag I think you could sell this very easily as a highbrow subtitled night at the pictures I think you could do that very easily do you think that this has got a shot of winning I actually think it might. There is something of a Greta Gerwigian quality to it, mm. if you follow my joke. Joaquim Trier has always come with acclaim anyway. His forays into English language films have not really gone down a tree. You're thinking of uh, Louder Than Bombs, for instance, a few years ago yeah. with Jesse Eisenberg. Didn't really blow the house down. Thelma wasn't really very acclaimed. Um, he tends to draw more acclaim than his films do. This time around, it seems to be a marriage of the two. I could absolutely see this. And that's not to detract from it. I'm not saying the film's you know only going to get buzz because of his association, his involvement with it. He doesn't necessarily bring that to it. There's also a great performance. You're going to have to forgive me the pronunciation here, but... Um, <laughs> oh, good lord! Renate Rhinesmay, Rhines, I'm Renee Um I'm just going to say, uh, who he's tremendous in this, and her performance because she has to play Julie across so many different, uh, so many different transitional points within a short period of time. Because we've all had that as you cross the threshold from your twenties into your thirties, yeah, and you start to wonder what it is you are actually meant to be doing with your life. What what is your 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 profession going to be? What is your designated role in life? As far as you're concerned, what is your place in your mind? And I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I've never been a woman in my late twenties. 
and I found something to completely relate to in it. I'm sure you, you mm. could as well. I thought it was great. I thought this was really, really great. I would not be shocked in the slightest to see this this walk away with the awards. But off do the you top think? Of my head, do you I think that what there the nominees sh- are though? Do you think that there should have been a nod for for Red? Is it Renee? Um, from an acting point of view, then I I don't necessarily. Well, then again, quite possibly. If we, if if you if you include foreign language actresses in uh, the the mainstay actress category, which we do now, then absolutely, I would see that it's a great performance. I think she's tremendous in it. Like I really liked her in this, and she, she just has a way of, and and it's not like a sex appeal glam type spotlight that falls on her she's this there is just something quite demure and ordinary about it she's but she is at the same time captivating that performance she really really embodies this part it works tremendously i i can't wait to see this again this is a film i want to watch again and it's, it's just over two hours as well it's not a short one it's two hours eight mm, you know but it kept you great short, but, but it kept me i was interested genuinely the whole time i thought this was really really solid anyway we're taking time away from the michael bay movie that you know i really want to talk about <laughs> Go on then. Go on. Michael Bay made a car chase movie. This is not a drill. Michael Bay made a car <laughs> chase movie. Um, okay, so remake of a foreign language film. Was it? I forget where, I forget where the where the original one was from. Might have been Danish. Um, it's like Jake Gyllenhaal because he seems to like remaking foreign language films this last couple of years. Um, and also was Prisoners one like that? I think as well. Um, Mm. And so it's starring Jake Gyllenhaal, uh, Asa Gonzalez, Yaya Abdul-Mateen II, and notably, and left out of the advertising somewhat, Garrett Dillahunt, who deserves so much love for this movie because he has got the most Michael Bayian role in a Michael Bay movie. It's great. So <laughs> he's he's the hotshot lawman. You know, he's got the... He's oh, got I the love junk, those. He's got the John Cusack role. From, from like Con Air kind of thing. He's got he's got the uh, almost the Nicolas Cage role in not the Nicolas Cage role the William Forsyth role in in The Rock. That's what he's got. Um, and it's Michael Bay. It's a Michael Bay directed version, a remake of this movie in which um, a veteran soldier who is struggling to stump up the costs for his wife's cancer treatment is forced to team up with his his criminal brother, play adopted criminal brother, played by Jake Gyllenhaal, the the vet is uh, Yaya Adonti II from Candyman and Aquaman, anything with a man in the title. Um, if they ever make Action Man, I'm sure he's, he's up there. Um... Uh, his adopted brother, criminal. He turns. It turns to him for help with a loan. Jake Gyllenhaal says instead, "No, I've got. I've got one better for you. We can cover that and then some. Just uh, come along with me. I've got this heist going in like ten minutes' time. Turns out, I'm sure the guy, <laughs> simple in and out job. Wouldn't you, Adam and Eva? It all goes to hell, and they are forced in the ensuing shootout and chaos to seek refuge in an ambulance that happens to be carrying a wounded, as in gunshot wound afflicted, policeman and the paramedic who's trying to keep him alive. And this is their cover as they try and get away with their loot. But don't take my word for it. Have a listen for yourself. What can I do you for, officer? We're just doing a transfer in the back. I'll let uh, you in in 20 minutes. Uh, if I could just get it done real quick, because I'm on the clock, promise not to rob the place. Oh. <laughs> Seriously, because that would be bad for my job. Okay. <laughs> I promise. All right, okay. All right, all okay. right come All on. right. <laughs> okay. Let's go, D. You are all going to have the greatest story to tell at dinner tonight. Get out! Don't shoot a cop! Lock everything down. Nothing gets out. 
I think Zerafielen said it best when we came out of this screening last night. A deranged Gyllenhaal is a fun Gyllenhaal. Oh, nice. Good, because I was going to say, how does he do being essentially the villain? But this, this to me, sounds a lot like a lot of action style, not really thought too much about the script. It really is about the effects. Classic Michael Bay, really. It, it really is. I mean, to be honest with you, it, it, it's, it's just a chase movie, it, but it kind of yeah. feels like, but it's, it's kind of got that kind of speed gone in 60 seconds, kind of a vibe going for it. Mm. Um, it it's exactly what you expect a Michael Bay car chase movie is going to be like in every sense. Like the scale, the humour, the tone, the, the, the lowbrow, highbrow switch of it all, the frenetic editing, all the elements you have come to associate with a Michael Bay movie are front and centre. Yaya Abdul-Mateen II is very, very good in it. Like a very likeable lead. Um, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm really starting to... I, I'm, his name is now starting to draw me to a film regardless of what the film is. Um, right. You know, like when you hear he's in Candyman, like, oh, I'll, I'll see that. that that's great. Yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'm sold on that. Um, Jake Gyllenhaal's a say on fine psycho form, tapping into some of that madcap energy from like End of Watch and uh, yes. Nightcrawler to an extent as well. You know, like ah, you know, where it just occasionally has to yell at someone. You know, he's just he's he's, he's yeah. given he's given it. You know, his his version of the Nicolas Cage. Um, I can say I love Garrett Dillahunt in this as well. Um, Michael Bay has now reached a stage in which he will direct a movie that references his own works explicitly twice within sixty seconds. I I am not kidding. They quote Sean Connery in The Rock, then mention that it's Sean Connery in The Rock, then tell you how good The Rock is. Isn't it good? Yeah, it's really good. Like, I love The Rock. And then 60 seconds later, it's, hey, let's pull up at that bank and like get out of the car like we're in Bad Boys. And you're like, oh my God, what is happening to Michael Bay? But you know what? This is probably, this is like top three Michael Bay movies of the 21st century for me. Nice. Hands down. I had a blast with it. It is dumb as hell. It's a little over long. It's like two and a quarter hours, but I had a good time with it. It was exactly what I wanted of a Michael Bay car chase movie. Boom. And now it's time for a segment we like to call Off Screen Pays the Bills. Hey, Bex. Hey, Van. What's going on? Ain't nothing going on but the rent. You know how it is. Oh, I really do. And actually, when I'm thinking about paying the rent, sometimes I kind of look to everything that I'm doing and kind of go, where can I cut my costs? Where can I kind of make my life a little bit easier? And being someone that's like a content creator, the biggest thing that I end up forking out for is things like stock imagery, audio, all that kind of stuff that really I need to kind of streamline in my process. Wouldn't it be handy if we had a sponsor this week that fit that perfectly? (laughs) Yes, it would. And actually, I'm really pleased to say, because I've been using these guys for a while now, um, that Storyblocks is a fantastic resource for any creators out there that are looking to kind of really push the limits of their creativity without having to worry about that really expensive budget. So they do so many great things. Obviously, I've mentioned again, the big things for me are getting great video, great photos, fantastic audio, sound effects, bed music, all that stuff. Mm. I'm now using this as part of my everyday content creation. And, and that's also- all, That's all on Storyblocks, all of that. All on Storyblocks. Oh, and the no, great okay. thing, I know it's amazing. And the great thing about this is that they've got subscriptions for every budget, which just for me, suits me perfectly. They've got unlimited downloads. They've got really great royalty-free demand-driven library. So that means that, you know, they're optimizing and adding things like 4K HD footage, you know, After Effects, Premiere Pro, 
promo templates, so much more. And the biggest thing that I love about this is that they've got diverse and inclusive content. And I think you guys should definitely go and check it out because it really is one of those fantastic, fantastic um, opportunities. And the best thing to do is just go on to storyblocks.com forward slash off screen and go and give it a whirl yourself. We'd also like to thank our sponsors this week at Arclight Media for two of their podcast series. First, there's Hometown History, hosted by Indiana crime journalist Shane Waters. The series looks at the curated histories of various towns across America, with episodes covering the Italian Hall disaster in Michigan, the life of Robert Smalls, Abraham Lincoln's home in Springfield, Illinois, and even, and this is completely true, the attempted copyright theft of Monopoly. There are some absolutely bonkers stories to be found and some absolutely harrowing ones, but they're a cracking listen in either case. So check out Hometown History now on Apple, Google, Spotify, all the usual podcast haunts, or visit itshometownhistory.com. But while you're adding podcast subs anyway, you can also catch Shane on fellow Arclight series Foul Play. One of the oldest true crime podcasts, it's an audio journey through some of the most unbelievable minds of some of the most wicked monsters imaginable. With season-spanning cases broken into bite-sized episodes, you can join Shane alongside crime writer Wendy C. and Gemma Hoskins from Netflix's The Keepers on Foul Play. Subscribe now on all good podcast platforms or visit itsfoulplay.com. Welcome back to Off Screen. We have taken you from the big screen and we're now taking you onto the small screen. And we're taking you onto the small screen to kick off your weekend with a very foul-mouthed teddy bear, but one that so many of us absolutely love. At 9pm on ITV2, Ted is in the building. Oh my goodness. I think this is the movie that makes Mark Wahlberg. I absolutely love this film. We, this is the thing we forget. We generally did not think of Mark Wahlberg as being capable of doing comedy before yeah. Ted. This was my birthday movie in 2012, incidentally. <laughs> I loved it. And I had just come from the London Comic Con in which the, I think I changed my profile picture to me urinating at a display stand with Ted and <laughs> Mark Wahlberg, which is a thing they, they actually set up that you could do as like a photo booth. So I think, come and pee next to Ted. Um, <laughs> really good time, really fun. Seth MacFarlane riff on What If Talking Teddy Bear Came to Life, narrated wonderfully by Patrick Stewart, chock full of great gags, endless references to 1980s Flash Gordon, which yes. I adore. And of yes. course, just some all-time banger cameos. But one of my very favorite scenes in it, and you'll remember this from the advertising, is um, a moment that apparently came entirely, this is this is all off the top of, like the scene is written, but the content of it is entirely off the top of the head of Mark Wahlberg, to which I can only say, skills. How's work? Sucks. Yeah. You? Yeah, you know, not bad, actually. I, I met a girl. She's a cashier. No way, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, we should double date or something. You, me, and Laurie, and uh, well, what's her name? White trash name, yes. Mandy. Nope. Marilyn. Nope. Brittany. Nope. Tiffany. Nope. Candace. Nope. Don't f me on this. Do you see me f with you? I'm not, All right, I'm speed round. I'm going to rattle off some names, and when I hit you, it, buzz it, okay? I will tell you. You got me? Yeah. All right, Brandy, Heather, Channing, Brianna, Amber, Sabrina, Melody, Dakota, Sierra, Bambi, Crystal, Samantha, Autumn, Ruby, Taylor, Tara, Tammy, Lauren, Charlene, Chantel, Courtney, Misty, Jenny, Krista, Mindy, Noel, Shelby, Trina, Reba, Cassandra, Nikki, Kelsey, Shauna, Jolene, Erling, Claudine, Savannah, Casey, Dolly, Kendra, Kali, Chloe, Devin, Emily, Luke, Becky. Nope. Wait, was it any one of those names with a Lynn after it? Yes. Oh, I got you. Okay. Brandy Lynn, Heather Lynn, Ch Tammy Lynn. <laughs> I love that moment so, so much. Oh, my much. God. 
If he riffed that himself, it's just absolute kudos. That is amazing. All those names. Amazing. All the names amazing. right off the top of his head. Absolutely incredible. What, well, Ted is on ITV to 9pm uh, tonight. And you know what? It is just going to make your Friday night. So why not give it a whirl? I know oh, I yeah. certainly will be. Um, let's move uh, Let's move on to uh, Saturday, which uh, we have White Chicks, 11.30pm on Five Star. <laughs> Confession time. I've never seen this movie. You've never seen White Chicks? Oh, my God. God. Okay, Max, no. I, I need you. Like, I don't care about you not having seen certain Oscar films, but oh my God, you've got to watch. White Chicks is more important to society <laughs> than most of the movies up at the Oscars this year. Shall I tell Holy you why? God. I'll tell you why, why? I've never seen this. It's because the makeup actually at the time really freaked me out, and I was oh, yeah, like, I don't yeah, think was, I can watch this. Uh, it's, so no, it's terrifying. I just didn't. It's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's horrifying. Absolutely it's, terrifying. It's, absolutely it's a bit like. Terrifying. It reminded me of broadcast signal intrusion. Let's put it that way. <laughs> That's kind of how I just, felt about it. It puts me in mind of Possessor, the Brandon Cronenberg movie from the end of last year. <laughs> uh, but yes, White Chicks, in which FBI agents... Uh, is it, is it, who is it? Marlon and Damon? Is it Marlon? Yeah, no, not Marlon Damon. Yeah. Keenan... Oh, I think it's Keenan, isn't it? Which... Who are the yeah. Wayanses? I think Two it's Marlon and Damon Wayans, yeah. Marlon and Damon? Okay, Marlon yeah, and Damon, then. No, it can't be Damon Wayans. No, Damon Wayans was... No, he was too highbrow by that point. All right, two of the Wayanses are FBI agents who go undercover into high society. At, at, this is at the peak of Paris Hilton fandom as snotty it girl white chicks in order to thwart... I think it's an assassination attempt or a kidnapping. Um, great scene-stealing turn from Terry Crews in there with the thanks to the use of Vanessa Carlton's Is It A Thousand Miles. Yeah. Uh, instant, instantly made that song. I know that bit. Pop. Like, that, if that song wasn't a pop culture staple before, it was then. And so was Terry Crews. Like, his entire career is built on this role. Um, just, a, just a good time. He's stupid as all hell. Um, the follow, their follow-up to it, Little Man, is a subject of much amusement to both my friend Chris Wilson and myself. I, I need to revisit that. That is an astonishing um, and just absolutely gall-faced work of cinema if you've ever seen it. But White Chicks, 1110, uh, Saturday night on Five Star. Sunday night, one I think you might be up for, and you you seem to think it's Star may, uh, may be a contender for the uh, Best Actress Award on oh, Sunday. Oh, um, Jessica Chastain in Molly's Game at 10pm on Sunday night on BBC Two. You remember Molly's Game? I do, I do. And it's it's based on kind of true circumstances, isn't it? Mm. Of, a, of a woman that runs essentially a behind-the-scenes poker tournaments for celebrities and uh, people who don't want to be, you know, very, very highbrow uh, but also very, very undercover as well. And she kind of got up, she got busted for all of this stuff. But I do have to say... I always say about Jessica Chastain, always the bridesmaid, never the bride. I think this could be her year at the Oscars. I think, you know, the Tammy Faye movie could be the one. You're not so sure, but that's kind of my predictions on it. My prediction is, is Stuart wins it for Spencer, which, don't get me wrong, I don't think she deserves it for the film. I think the film is dreadful, but you know, she's fine in it. She's she's giving good performance of what she's got to work with, but that's beside the point. Uh, Jessica Chastain, however, I thought was incredible in Molly's Game, which, let us not forget, written and directed by the great Aaron Sorkin. As you can hear in this clip with Idris Elba. You didn't do anything wrong. I threw four people under the bus for $35,000, Charlie. I noticed you kept that out of your speech to the prosecutor. No, don't do that I took to advantage me. of gambling addicts. Donnie Silverman, my brilliant find. He lost Marty, $6 million stop. on my table. Stop. 
moved to Florida, uh -huh. got a job as a substitute teacher, then hanged himself. Oh, and that's shower. your fault. That's Donnie not Silverman's your fault. Dead. Harlan Eustace is in jail in Nevada, wishing he was, but that's not why I'm saying no. You're not saying no. I was named after my great-grandmother. I don't care. Molly. We Dublin will stay Bloom here all night until you understand. Until you understand nobody gives a about your good name. I do. Why? Because. Why? Because. Tell me why. Because it's all I have left. Ugh. Great, great performance in this. And again, that was an Oscar just, clip, wasn't it? Yeah, it was an Oscar clip. I just feel she's so hard done by with the whole Oscar things. But a film that wasn't hard done by in any award season because it was Ooh, so no. well served. Um, what is coming to your small screen on Monday on BBC Two at 11:40 p.m. Very late for this. It's a bit. It's in, it's intense, but it's brilliant. It's Spotlight, um, an ensemble cast of Dreams, Michael Keaton. Uh, Rachel McAdams, who else we got in there? Mark, uh, Ruff Mark Ruffalo, John Mark Ruffalo. Slattery, Billy Crudup, Stanley Tucci. There's a, there's a, a hell of a roster in this one. And it's a great movie. It's a really good... I think uh, my friend Calvin Prickett once referred to this as literally the best movie ever made about journalism. And I'm yes. inclined... I'm inclined to... It's between this and all the president's men, really, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is a great movie. So this is about uncovering... Um, I suppose uh, pedophilia and in sexual the, misconduct. The Church, in, yeah. yeah, exactly. And uh, you know, a special investigative uh, bureau of—is um, it the Boston Globe that, yeah, um, that did this? Yeah, that, that basically did this. And it's just the most intensely, brilliantly ensemble-based movie about journalism. And uh, you know, if you are interested in that and that kind of side of things. This will keep you gripped to your seats, even at 11.40 at night on BBC Two. So really, really excited to see that again. Uh, moving on to Tuesday, we have Enemy of the State on 9pm on Five Star. Um, you love this film, don't you, Van? I do. This was uh, this was a really fun Tony Scott movie from, I think it was 97. Uh, this was Will Smith kind of losing the comedy a bit for the first mm. time in his run, in his initial sort of run at films. Uh, and this is the first time he sort of sort of shelved the comedy a bit into what is more of a conventional thriller. He's still quite funny and charming in that Will Smithian way, but it yeah. does cast him in slightly more of a, a serious capacity than usual. He is the, uh, the, the, the guy that the everyman who's wrongly accused and put on the run by a government who's using every technological surveillance tool at their disposal to try and catch him. And this is the first time it was really depicted in that in that way at that point. There had been attempts at things like hackers before, but in terms of a mainstream Jerry Bruckheimer produced, here's some banner headline stars, proper popcorn fare. This was kind of a first, and it was done really, really well. Um, 9pm, five-star on Tuesday, Enemy of the State. Can't recommend it highly enough. I think it might be the final film to to be credited to producer Don Simpson. Okay. as well of Simpson Bruckheimer fame uh, on to Wednesday night a movie we'll play a clip of really quickly never really gets its love this one and I think it was a bit underserved I think it was a bit uh, dismissed is 2018's reboot of the Tomb Raider movie franchise starring Alicia Vikander which it's not great but it's pretty decent and it's got Walter Goggins it. as a villain I mean it's it's a pretty solid you know, 100-minute type video game-based thriller with a couple of good set pieces. See also recently Uncharted. This is better than Uncharted, for what it's worth. And hmm. uh, stars Alicia Vikander as the younger Lara Croft who sets out to find out just what happened to her missing daddy. Listen, it's very simple. If you don't sign the papers, then everything your father worked for will be sold off. Not just the company. But Croft Manor also. 
Can you imagine how he would feel if you lost the house? Lara, your father's gone. But you can pick up where he left off. It's in your blood. I'm sorry. I'm just not that kind of croft. Wednesday night, 11pm on Five Star. Thursday night, Bex, then. 9pm, BBC Four, final ones to finish off the week. What do you say? Oh, it's one of my favourite films of all time. I love it. I know it's got the controversy, but that is down to the overhype. It's La La Land, which is on 9pm of BBC Four on Thursday night. Fantastic musical. Ryan Gosling, Emma Stone, Oscars galore. Well deserved. If you haven't seen it, where have you been? Let's just get you watching this movie, shall we? Welcome back for one last ride off screen. And it's a ride down the... Well, it's down the, the virtual DVD and Blu-ray streaming and but is there a streaming aisle digital cable i don't know this metaphor got away from me but i'll tell you what hadn't got away from me <laughs> is my love for seven psychopaths remember martin mcdonough's follow-up to in bruges yes. with sam yes. rockwell and woody harrelson and christopher i love this movie it has one of my all-time favorite scenes which you know i have included as a clip in a moment um uh -huh. <laughs> but it's 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 the follow-up it is an attempt to basically kidnap a dog and uh, oh it, it's just a, a, a madcap adventure with a bunch of different hitmen as this, the so-called seven psychopaths of the title here's christopher walken being awesome and this is available on disney plus from today which makes me tremendously happy put your hands up no I said no. Why not? I don't want to. But I've got a gun. I don't care. It doesn't make any sense. Too bad. Well, where are your friends? I don't know. Yes, you do know. No, I don't know. You do know! Shoot me then. I love walking. I just love walking at the moment. No one could walk act except walking. Um, but no, it's like I say, I think it's, it's walking kidnaps the gangsters, a gangster's dog and drags his friends into, inadvertently drags his friends into this sort of unintentional LA mob war. But it's, it's like I say, Madcap McDonough at his finest. And of course, this would go on to generate like three billboards, you know, a couple of years yeah. later. I think that's the third yeah. film in this weird, like un un unlikely trilogy. Weird cine universe. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, uh, one very, film then that's also out on Disney Plus then from today and we're not going to talk too much about this we just like to acknowledge that this film exists we love it and it's available on yet another platform it's uh, The Proposal comes to Disney Plus from today so you know annual well, annual weekly shout out for The Proposal starring Ryan Reynolds and Sandra Bullock which we love it's on <laughs> Disney Plus from today <laughs> um uh, also on uh, another one, Disney Plus. God, everything's on Disney Plus today, Bex. Um, yeah. The Ice Age Adventures of Buck Wild. Did you know this was coming? No, and I don't know anything about this. This is like a spin-off movie set in the Ice Age series for the Buck Wild character who seems to have, have popped up in the, the recent films since they started doing Pirates and things like that and I think he's voiced by Simon Pegg the, the other characters are back in a supporting sort of cameo capacity but I think it's his own adventure it's on Disney Plus from today I think it's feature length uh, the Ice Age movies are always pretty good fun I mean the kids in my life do seem to keep going back to them they get put on fairly often so I, I seem to see random ice age sequels at periodic intervals you know what i mean <laughs> <laughs> i've always I, more I, disney based but 
It's really heard really good things about Ice Age from all ages. So, you know, that's that's the thing. You know, if you're needing a new Ice Age to keep the kids entertained, it sounds like this will be the one for you on Disney+. Plus. Exactly, because kids do churn through these, like, five or six films yeah. at a fairly quick rate. Anyway, yeah. um, so one we have talked about, we mentioned a few times today in relation to the Oscars, and it comes to Prime from today. We're gonna, apparently, we're to stop calling it Amazon Prime. It's Prime Video now. I don't know why that could be. Um, I'll give you a clip to show off uh, her chops, but uh, it's Spencer starring Oscar-nominated actress Kristen Stewart as none other than Diana Spencer. Man. Yes, coming. Mummy, why do we have to open our presents on Christmas Eve? Why not Christmas Day like everybody else? You know, at school you do tenses. Yeah. yeah. It's the past, the present, the future. Right. Well, here, there is only one tense. There is no future. The past and the present are the same thing. Ouch. Ooh, that's mm. very... Yeah, uh, I haven't seen Spencer yet. I will try and catch it before uh, this weekend's Oscars. But I, you've got your money on 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 her picking up the win for this, right? I I, I do. I I do think she'll walk it. She's won too many. And it, it's just it's you know uh, what do you call it? Ah, oh, ah, forget what the term is. Uh, law of averages. I think it's law of averages. There's just too many. Mm. She's got too many wins. Um, anyway, one that uh, did not garner any awards and did not garner any acclaim. Uh, the Kitchen comes to Netflix on Sunday. Did you see this one with Melissa McCarthy and Tiffany Haddish and Elizabeth Moss? No. These but were the mob wives. Is it about wives? These, the mob wives? Oh, I have I seen it? I can't remember if I've seen it or if I've seen trailers for it. It hasn't, if, if, if I've seen it, it's not stuck in my mind. But um, I do know the concept, the mob wives that then take it into their own hands and become, mm -hmm. you know, I, I can't remember, do they go after some money or something? Based on a graphic novel, it's set in 70s Chicago and they basically take up their uh, their husband's criminal place, effectively. I, think right? I have seen Protection it. racket. Uh, this is a movie that I think Warner Brothers themselves, who distributed it, deemed to be so bad that they would actually rather tell me the, that the screening wasn't taking place whilst I I was stood outside it than actually show it. <laughs> and to be honest with you, I don't think it's that bad. I don't at all think it's that bad. I think it's actually a perfectly fine movie. It's nothing revelatory. It's nothing amazing. It's fine, though. Um, and it's just yeah, something different from, from Tiffany Haddish and Melissa McCarthy. Less so from Elizabeth Moss, because she does kind of more conventional drama than the other two, but... Yeah, I remember that I, I have seen this. And yeah, I'm with you. It's not too bad. It's just not very memorable. But I remember no. Elizabeth Moss's character being the real sort of shrewd kind of... Uh, not shrewd. Like a shrew, actually. Not shrew, yeah. but like a shrew um, character in it. And yeah, I, I do remember this, actually. Oh, you know what? It's an easy watch, isn't it? It's nothing special, but it's an easy watch. I thought of it as a less sexy Widows, if I'm really yeah. honest. Yeah. Or less sexy Oceans... Oceans Is it Oceans 8? Eight? Eight. Eight, eight yeah. is the latest one, yeah. Let's uh, move on then to uh, Monday. DVD and Blu-ray release finally arrives for Lamb starring Numi Rapace. This was all sorts of messed up. This one, this was about the farming couple who who have a, a lamb that gives birth to a sort of human-lamb hybrid baby on their, on their farm, and they take it in and raise it. And it's, 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 it reminded me of Splice at times, which is a movie I have, I have a soft spot and affinity for, starring Adrian Brody and Sarah Pauly from like 10 years ago. Um, 
This was... It, it takes... It's one of those... Remember I said this was my entry for the Matalan... Those weird Matalan box sets where you have movies yeah. connected seemingly by title. You have, like, cow and pig and dog <laughs> and lamb from this past, we like, pig. couple of years. <laughs> I, I, I love pig. Pig would be my pick for best picture this year if I had any say in it. But, uh, yeah, I don't. Uh, lamb, though, on DVD and Blu-ray, I thought was something you have to see this is one you 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 wouldn't forget watching ever you will never ever not my tempo watching not my tempo fine absolutely fine um one that didn't seem to be anyone's tempo at the box office meanwhile which was surprising given its predecessor was death on the nile by ken branagh recently so ken this, yeah so ken, ken this is this has moved this has moved very quickly onto disney plus um, mm. I think there are still some billboards with the with the posters still up. In fact, yeah, right. Straight those onto awkwardly, Disney. Uh, those awkwardly positioned photos of Army Hammer are mostly still up by train stations and things. Yes, they are. Yeah, um, so it's yeah. coming to Disney Plus in record time though from Wednesday, March of the thirtieth. Um, yeah. Should we have a listen to who the suspects are for this Poirot mystery? Because you know the name, you know the number, but here are the specifics for this investigation. Ah, the bereaved. As one at every wedding party. The good Dr. Windlesham proposed to Miss Ridgway when she was still Miss Ridgway. He and the papers both had the deal as good as done. Then came the engorged stallion, and now it's Mrs. Doyle. If I were in his shoes, I'd only come here to put a bullet in the groom. Our other guests, Lynette's godmother, who despises Lynette's wealth, and the godmother's nursemaid, Bowers, who covets it, as does Lynette's own maid, <laughs> poor old Louise. Oh, his cousin, Andrew. He's a slippery fish. No one except Lynette trusts him. We find Mother and I are the only sane people here. <laughs> the only one who seems to like Lynette at all is her old schoolmate, Rosalie. She's Salome Otterborn's niece and arranged for her to come to play for them. Leonardo leads on Atello, does machines. Raphael is crude, but a party dude. I'm sorry, over to you, Bex. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember where I just remember where we reviewed this of me going, is that Matthew Good? And we were like, oh, we went into this whole thing about it, it sounds like Matthew Good, and he's never in it. No, 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 no. And I'm going to watch it for the costumes, the setting, not Army Hammer. I'm just intrigued to see it, and I love Poirot, so I'll I'll give it a watch now. I can do it for free on Disney Plus. Um, our final movie today is available on Netflix, which is The High Note. Van, tell us a little bit more about that. I'm just loving how you just summed up the entire state of the film industry in one statement. <laughs> I'll give that a watch. I'll give that a watch now that it's free on Disney Plus. <laughs> that might be the ultimate indictment of the film industry in 2022. If we're I'm really not apologising. And the week of the week of the Oscars, it just might be the greatest statement anybody could make. In the best, you are welcome. Yeah, in the best possible way, Bex. I'm going to quote it. Thank you. Uh, the high notes is coming to Netflix on Thursday the 31st. Round out your week with this one. I never got to see this uh, when it was on new release. Uh, this, because it wasn't really, I don't think it was press show. Uh, I think no. there were screenings, but they were kind of oddball screenings here and there. Um, stars Tracy Ellis Ross from Blackish. Bo from Blackish to most people. Um, and she's, uh, she's, is she the music bod? And I think uh, she's basically playing a sort of fictionalised version of her own mum, I think, which is, 
kind of interesting. If you don't know, by the way, she is uh, Diana Ross's daughter. You've not got that connection from the surname. Um, and you've got Dakota Fanning, who incidentally is the daughter of Don Johnson and Melanie Griffiths, playing her put-upon assistant. Um, I, I heard very good things, and I'm looking forward to watching this. I never got round to this, but I spotted it was it was coming. I thought, oh, let's, let's stick that in the listings. I will be watching this myself uh, mm-hmm. come Thursday, yeah, based on the strength of, of some of its reviews. Um, it does seem to have... Um, a noticeable female fan base as well from the reviews I saw. Okay, cool. Well, for another week of all the big screen, the small screen, and everything in between, next week, oh, God, it's back on cinemas. Sonic 2. Sonic the Hedgehog 2. You're not looking forward to Sonic? Oh, my God. I hated the first one, yet I was a massive fan of the video game. Anyway, I'm not going to talk any more about this. I'm going to wait till you go and watch it and you can tell me about it. We've also got yeah. Morbius as well, uh, which I'm quite excited to hear what you think of that one. Yeah, um, me too. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, The Bad Guys and The Novice is all coming back uh, on, on our screens next week. So we'll be checking those out. The bad guys I'm really looking forward to because it's got it looks like kind of a mega mind type thing. It's an animated DreamWorks movie about like villains nice. who want to be heroes. So my kind of thing. Yeah, definitely your kind of thing. But until it's been a busy old week in Filmland, it's gonna be a busy old weekend with the Oscars. But until next week, I've been Bex Perfect. I've been Van Connor and we shall return. <laughs> <laughs>